Okay, I hear I hear you folks. You're saying, what's with all these ads? You know, it's like regular <laughs> television. No, uh, full disclosure, we had some technical difficulties and uh, advertisements uh, are better than dead air, I suppose. So um, it, we're back up and running right now. And um, uh, Drea, as I mentioned before the ad break, we, um, we normally lay out the guidelines of what we're trying to do here and uh, give a heads up in case we have to leave YouTube which we have a love-hate relationship with. We love our reach there, 1.5 million-plus subscribers. Uh, we don't like the censorious thuggery uh, that the Silicon Valley tech giant uh, applies to us when it comes to certain sensitive topics like the coronavirus and uh, electoral fraud. Oh, electoral fraud for 2020, that is. If you want to talk about electoral fraud for 2016, fill your boots, you know. <laughs> but in any event, uh, over to you, my friend. Yeah, climate change is one of those too. And oh, for no. those of you who are new to our live streams, <laughs> you can also chat with us. Uh, it's a really cool way to get in touch with us. You can do so on Rumble and Odyssey and you just send a chat. It's a paid chat. It also helps keep the lights on and helps us have a team who can deal with technical difficulties like we just experienced. So if you send us a chat there, we will uh, read it and we very much so appreciate the help to keep our journalism going strong. There you go. And without further ado, how about we get to Mr. Pierre Polyev's interesting comments about the World Economic Forum? I think we have a video. Let's roll that. Oh, um, we are queuing up that video. But essentially, the headline, folks, is, quote, I will ban all my ministers from any involvement in the World Economic Forum. Uh, end quote. That is uh, attributed to Pierre Polyev, uh, the hands-on favorite to become uh, the Conservative Party of Canada leader and uh, hopefully the next prime minister of Canada. Drea, what do you think about those yeah. words? Well, that was in a packed room at Vancouver at the <laughs> Italian Cultural Centre just a few days ago. And you know, there was a lot of things that Pierre said that got applauses, but that got a standing ovation. And so I don't know. That's the first time I've heard him take such a hard stance or say something. So I don't know if it's like, you know, hey, if you haven't voted for me yet, and you still have your ballot. Look what I'm going to do. But uh, his supporters loved it. And so that's going to speak volumes as well. He's obviously honed into a concern that uh, his voter base has. Oh, 100%. It is a very prudent strategy, I think. And before we further analyze it, I think we do have that clip uh, queued up. Let's check it out, folks. Increase its oil production by 400,000 barrels a day so that we can fully replace the 130,000 barrels of overseas oil from foreign dictatorships we're bringing in. And within five years, we will end dictator oil imports to Canada altogether. It's funny, I, I couldn't help but notice that one blonde lady in the front row who wasn't <laughs> applauding anything. I, I would all the way. <laughs> I, I would assume she's with the mainstream media, but then again, she's not wearing a, a face diaper, so scratch that uh, off. But you know what? Um, I'll tell you, Drea, whether or not you believe the influence of the World Economic Forum is exaggerated, to Pierre Polyev's base, the WEF is right up there as public enemy number one. And for good reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. build back better, which is translation for you will own nothing and be happy. And be happy. They want us to in eat insects. Uh, last mm -hmm. month, they came out again with a, a failed policy that they tried to use in 2016, which was give up your car uh, in order to save the planet. No, you know what? I don't think I'm going to eat bugs and I'm not going to give up my Volkswagen bug if I had one. Um, you know, meat is to eat and uh, cars are to drive. And the outrageous hypocrisy, I think, uh, Drea, is do you think the likes of Klaus Schwab, 
who gets around in a chauffeur-driven limousine, who gets into a private airplane. Do you think he's trading in his filet mignon for mealworms? Do you think he's giving up all his creature comforts? No, it's one law for thee, one law for me. And I think the grassroots supporters of Pierre Polyev in this day and age of inflation, uh, COVID restrictions, all the things in the last couple of years that have made our lives so miserable, he's tapping into that anger, and it's justified anger, about elitists across the pond telling us what we should eat, what we should give up, what we should embrace. Enough is enough. I think this is a winning strategy uh, for Pierre Polyev, despite what his uh, enemies uh, have to say and the mainstream narrative. What say you, Drea? Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason why it's you'll own nothing and be happy. It's not we will own nothing. So Klaus Schwab is not going to be eating any cricket steaks anytime soon. And let's not forget him bragging about penetrating our cabinet here. How creepy the choice of words there. But, uh, and you know, how proud he is of our fearless leader, Justin Trudeau of this country. So yeah, no, this is a relevant concern. Uh, you wouldn't know so by the legacy media. I think it was um, CTV that put out, a, I think they had, oh shoot, I can't remember. It was like truth. It's the, the headline started with like truth detector or something like they have to like let people know what they say is truth and then it was like oh the conspiracy theorists have moved on to the world economic forum and they think that they're gonna have to eat bugs and stuff and it's like you know what what are how is this journalism it's not that hard to look up what people are concerned at and see that there is something rooted in these concerns and pierre must be getting emails and what have you it seemed like other than the lady you noticed People of all ages were were cheering to not have this type of influence. What do you think of them? Him actually saying, "I'm going to ban. I'm going to ban my ministers from any involvement." Some I noticed some on Twitter were like, "Well, that doesn't sound like freedom." What's your wow. thoughts on that? It, well, you know, first of all, I'm stunned, Drea, by the news you've given me that CTV has a truth detector. I hope CTV <laughs> doesn't put their news organization into the truth detector. I think the end result would be, you know, that scene in Barbarella when Jane Fonda gets into the excessive machine and <laughs> basically destroys it. Uh, it would have a, oh my an gosh, overload. Barbarella. This, well, this is, yeah, 1968, I, I believe. Yeah, I know. I'm old. Yeah. Um, but I saw it a long time ago. I think I was like four and I was like, oh, <laughs> well, you, you can't get that scene out of your head. Let me tell you that much. But I mean, this is a network that now calls a pregnant woman pregnant people. So um, please uh, don't be so pompous with your so-called truth detector. And um, based on what the World Economic Forum has been you know, positioning has been stating. Uh, we we had a, a crew go over to one of their meetings uh, several weeks ago. Where's the conspiracy? This is in their own words. This idea about eating bugs, giving up your car, building back better. I don't know how that is building back better. It seems that they're trying uh, to turn. Uh, the first world into the third world. I don't know what's better about that. I'm not being dismissive of the third world. I think, Drea, if um, you ask people in undeveloped countries what they want, you know what they want? They want a Honda Civic. They want a bungalow. They want to be able to eat steak. You know, why don't yeah. we uh, try to um, fulfill those ambitions and dreams instead of dragging everybody else down into uh, eating bugs and walking around and taking uh, public transit, which, by the way, I mentioned this on um, when I was filling in for uh, Ezra last week. Drea, isn't it so funny? We've, we've got the climate crisis on one hand, which is behind this uh, eat bugs, give up your car. And then we've got the coronavirus crisis on the other hand. And I know things are relatively back to normal around the world, but I'm betting on fall come flu season, you're going to see some more lockdowns. If it's not coronavirus, it'll be monkeypox. But isn't it amazing, Drea, that if you wanted to have a healthy way of getting about, it would be your own personal car. You're in it by yourself or with your loved ones, as opposed to cramming in like sardines 
into a subway car or a bus where there where you know social distancing is impossible and they also want us to give up our houses and live in high rises again yeah. people you know stacked on top of each other like Drea, I'm confused. Yeah. I thought social distancing was the way to go, but with their policies, they're suggesting um, anti-social distancing. Help me make sense of this. Oh, you're right. And I think they want us like sharing, like maybe the street has a car and you log in on which time you can use it. It reminds me of when uh, I did the report in Vancouver about people going to quarantine hotels I think it was back when there was no quarantine hotels, according to the government. And um, they were they were saying, OK, you're this diseased person just because you came from another country. Even if you test negative, you have to go to this quarantine hotel and regular taxis were there to pick them up and take them. And, and I went up to the taxi driver. I'm like, are you do you have to do anything special to take these people to the quarantine hotel? And he's like, no. So he's going and picking up supposed uh, you know, lepers, and then picking up a regular person five minutes later, probably not sanitizing the vehicle. None of this makes sense unless you look at the climate change crisis and the uh, COVID crisis and see the political gain that comes from it. I think that's what ties, um, you know, certain people benefit from these rules, from these restrictions more than others. And that's, to me, what makes the most sense of it all. And, and, you know, Dre, you raise a very interesting point in the beginning, too, and it just shows how, um, you know, the elitists at the World Economic Forum from Klaus Schwab on down are so tuned out, are so um, entitled and tone deaf. You talked about, well, we're not telling you to give up your cars entirely. You just got to book a time in which to drive a car and share it. Oh, share it. Um, you mean like ride sharing? You mean like Uber and Lyft? Uh, and if you need a car for an extended uh, period of time, you mean like going to budget or enterprise, you know, car rental places? You see, of course, they're, they don't realize this because if I had Klaus Schwab here, he'd say, Uber, Lyft, what's that? Oh, well, you download an app and a fellow comes <laughs> along and, oh, really? You know, because I only get around in a limo that drives me right yeah. to the, uh, the stairs of my private aircraft. So what yeah. they're suggesting already exists. And I think it's fantastic that we have ride sharing mm -hmm. uh, services like Uber or Lyft. Not everybody can afford a car. Maybe if you live in a downtown urban environment, a car doesn't really make sense in terms of the parking costs, in terms of uh, congestion, etc. It's all about choice, choice that they want to take away. And choice, it would seem they don't realize already exists. Mm -hmm. That's right. We even have the Truro app now where you can actually just rent out your own car. It literally is like sharing. What are we watching now? Are we just looking at him? You know, he reminds me of, <laughs> and I think I saw somebody put the picture together, but remember the Austin Powers villain? Like, you can't make this stuff up. Like, <laughs> Oh, you're so right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Dr. Evil, or if you want to upgrade it to a James Bond villain, I think it was Blofeld. Uh, all that's missing mm. is the, the wheelchair and the Persian cat. There you uh, go. That he See, strokes. Look at that. <laughs> and, of look course, the that. finger to the lips. Right <laughs> like, you can't make this stuff up. Like, why wouldn't they get somebody who looked a little less frightening to sort of lead this, <laughs> to be the face of it, at least? You know what, Drea? I feel so sorry for Mike Myers. I understand there's a fourth installment of the Austin Power series in the works, but oh, Mike, it's it's what you did as a parody years ago has come to fruition. Uh, yeah. What we have with Klaus Schwab is Dr. Evil. Um, what we have with the World Economic Forum, uh, that is the embodiment of chaos from Get Smart, you know, the terrorist organization <laughs> uh, based in Delaware yeah. for tax reasons, of course. And uh, so I think his thunder is being stolen, Drea. Mm-hmm. I love it. You mentioned these things that I haven't thought about since childhood, like get smart. And it just, I don't know. I get this like warm feeling inside. I forgot about that show. That was a good show. <laughs> well, those were the days. So anyways, bottom line, uh, Pierre Polyev is tapping in to the thoughts of his base. You saw it, a standing ovation, much like I've been to a few of his rallies, uh, the loudest and longest standing ovation 
uh, is his promise to defund the CBC. What does that tell you? It tells you this, Adria, he doesn't give a tinker's damn what the mainstream media has to say about him and uh, including mm. CTV with their supposed conspiracy theories. And good on him. That's the way to go. Because I think, Drea, in the last two elections, Andrew Scheer and definitely Aaron O'Toole, they were obsessed with reaching out, as Ezra calls them, the mean girls at the CBC, yeah. and the Globe and Mail and the Toronto Star. They wanted their approval of what they were saying. And look how that worked out for them. Yeah, no, it didn't work out at all. So you're right. Whoever does take over has to not be, um, you know, afraid of what comes out in the media, no matter what type of media it is. You should just be standing true to the people of Canada, period. So, um, yeah, 100%. it's definitely a good sign. And, you know, look at that visual we just aired, Drea. Um, standing room only, sold right out. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, where's that? It, it doesn't matter where it is. It can be anywhere in Canada. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is his main rival, yeah. Jean Charest. Um, you know, <laughs> you look at those crowds and crowd is a stretch goal. It's uh, ones and twos of people. And Jean Charest, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know this, I did a monologue last week about this. He did us a great service by having an open letter published in the Toronto Sun. It maybe went to other post media as well. Uh, you can Google it, where this man was actually dismissive of freedom. He put the word freedom in quotation no, marks. Oh, 100%. That there's far more important things for Canadians to be concerned about. Drea, think about it. Oh, what is the opposite of freedom? It's tyranny. It's slavery. Yeah. Freedom is what's the more important than freedom. Every, exactly. Everything we value stems from having freedom. Like it, it's just, oh man, it is this the Beetle number Juice one guy. human right. And for him to come out with that, I just wish he would take a cue from his uh, uh, boyfriend, Patrick Brown, and just get the hell out of the process. <laughs> and so we can we can just formally get Pierre Polyev uh, enshrined as uh, leader of CPC. Because I fear, Drea, that if there's some kind of path to victory, and you know it's a complicated voting process to, to choose the leader, and Jean Charest uh, is indeed made leader, we are going to see a repeat of 2019, 2021. You're going to have to burn this party down uh, for the, I, I don't know, 2027 election or whenever it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, surely they can't be treating uh, this liberal. And I and I mean that, Jaria. I think a, a man that ran as the, was the liberal premier of Quebec for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you, I think on. if he won. I think if he won for some reason, it would be worse than anything we've ever seen for that party before. I think so many people would be done with the party. I think yeah. that this is sort of a last-ditch effort for some people. I think some of the people that they lost um, over not valuing for freedom have come back, and people are so ready for change. I think if Jean Charest won, I oh my gosh, that party would be hurting so bad. So. Oh. It, but you're it, right. The voting, the voting is very strange. Um, I find it strange. And I do not too. The easiest. And I find yeah. it unnecessarily complicated and even downright unfair. Yeah. And uh, but uh, like I said, if Sheree got in, um, you're going to look at. I mean, conservatives are not going to vote uh, for left of center parties for sure. No. Uh, but no. it would be like Christmas Day for Maxime Bernier, at least for the percentage. Of the yes. vote. I don't know if that would translate oh, into sure. any seats. And for the rest of the conservatives. They would just sit at home at, on election night, uh, like yeah. like so many did in uh, 2021. But we will see how that plans out. Now, here, I'm going to let you take the lead on this, Drea, because it's in your neck of the woods in British Columbia. BC Club hands out hard drugs in a bid to save lives despite Health Canada rejection. Uh, they're handing out hard drugs to save lives. That's like kind of like throwing a drowning man uh, an anchor, isn't it? I mean, what's this all about, Drea? Well, welcome to BC. I guess that's the <laughs> first answer to what this is all about. But you know what? They've got these little packets of, you know, beautifully wrapped up hard drugs 
and they're giving it out against Health Canada approval and it's to save lives. Well, I have lots of experience working with people with addiction. You can hand them a packet of drugs and they're just going to go around the corner and do more. There's a reason why they struggle with addiction. It's, it's, it's not because of where they can get it or how they can get it. Unfortunately, that's why on Welfare Wednesday, there's more overdoses because they have more money. They have more access to drugs. So now if you're giving drugs in a packet and then they get their welfare check on Wednesday, it's not going to stop them from doing less. We need to address the issue yes. of why people struggle with addiction if we want to save their lives. And that includes why did we see a pattern of crazy overdoses when there was a lockdown? We need to look at that to make sure we don't repeat whatever made that happen. We need to look at uh, where, you know, unclean, if you will, for lack of better words, drugs are coming in and address that. It's, it's not about giving more. It's about properly addressing the problem in the first place. But in BC, you know, anything goes they're cracking down on the vaping industry, but you can, you know, do meth or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, Andrea, I think what you're saying is very important. And given your experience on this file, what I want to understand, I'm trying to understand why the people in charge of this uh, program with the hard drugs to save lives, it seems to me to be a defeatist attitude that they're bending the knee to addicts. It is completely polar opposite to, say, Alcoholics Anonymous, where it's all about abstaining, where it's getting people off booze. Uh, people begin meetings by saying how many days, weeks, years uh, they have been booze-free. But this is the polar opposite. It's taking some poor addicted soul and putting yet more hard drugs in his or her hands. What's the end goal here? I don't know what the end goal is, but I should uh, mention, I don't know if we can pull it up quick enough, but our colleague and friend Matt Brevner did a really good report on this exact same thing, uh, basically, and he went down to the streets. He took it to the streets to ask people, um, you know, I'm not going to assume they're, they were addicts themselves, but they were in an area where, you know, addicts frequent the streets. And he also went to a different area nearby in Vancouver and kind of asked, and you could see uh, opposite answers from the people who live in that community where there tends to be a lot of people struggling with addiction living on the streets were not for it they didn't think it was a good idea they thought it was a bad message for kids and then when you talk to people who uh you know on the other side of vancouver they were all for it so you're right like who who is spearheading this where is it coming from where is the data showing that this is going to work. And what message does this send for, you know, teenagers right now to, you know, oh, I I can drink when I'm older and I can go do a little bit of crack. It's it's there's no big difference there. Yeah. Well, I think this policy is cracked, if you ask me. And uh, yeah. it's just it's despicable. It, it is bending the knee. Uh, it is pretending to fix a problem when actually you're contributing to ramping up the problem. Uh, I, I don't see any uh, benefit to this whatsoever. Um, we should change gears because, oh, um, I've been informed we already have some chats coming in. So uh, uh -huh. let's reach out to our audience. All right, I'll read this one because it's got my name that uh, David informed me doesn't rhyme with anything. <laughs> so Annalisa 1964 gives $20. Well, thank you so much, you. Annalisa. She says, hi, Drea, and hi, my sweet Menzies. <laughs> well, I survived <laughs> well, I survived Trudeau. <laughs> Asshand, Jolie, and the head NATO guy sharing my air. It was very amusing to watch. Oh, oh. <laughs> so what happened there? She watched something and survived it, I guess, right? Yeah. What does sharing the air mean? Uh, you know, Annalisa, by the way, thank you so much for that generous donation. But yeah, you know, uh, you've sort of just teased us with the beginning of that story. Uh, uh, tell us more. Um, do we uh, I think we have another one now, Drea. All right. Sorry, I'm going close. I've got OK. <laughs> So Fraser McBruney says, David, on your last broadcast, you asked why I boycotted Canadian Tire. I was shopping without a mask. I had on my Hugs Over Mask t-shirt, and the manager made such a fuss. He broke the law as I am exempt. Oh, oh my okay. gosh. Fraser, that, no. We, 
well, the Canadian tire out here, I mean, they, the staff like attacked a guy in uh, yes. BC to the ground. So I don't, I don't blame you. I, I have not gone back to Canadian tire since the whole mass incidents too. It you certainly wasn't that, Canadian. But you know what the problem is, Drea, <laughs> is that so many retailers were of that mindset. And if you boycott them all, there's no one left to shop with, or I, I mean, Right now, with the, I've, I've mentioned this on the air, with the masking mandates dropped since March, uh, not far from our studio, there's a comic shop called Harry Tarantula. They won't let you in the door unless you have a mask. But the chief medical health officer on March 21st had dropped those mandates. How, how do a bunch of comic book geeks think they know more about medical science than uh, the chief medical health guy? Uh, it, it, it's baffling. But here's the question moving forward, Drea. I am, well, I'm not certain, but I got a bad vibe. These kind of restrictions are going to come back, you know, that we're not out of the woods quite yet. If we go into, you know, the whole social distancing and you got to wear a mask to come into the building, do you see the vast majority of Canadians going, no, sorry, after more than two years of this garbage I am not complying. You can call the police. You can call security. Uh, I'll uh, get my uh, uh, groceries and drop my cash on the table and be done with it. I'm not putting on those damn face diapers anymore. Or do you see um, compliance in the high numbers yet again? I see more doing that and taking that stand, but I think the vast majority will still comply. I think there were already so many people wearing it that felt that way already but they're wearing it because they don't want other people to feel uncomfortable yes. they're wearing it because they don't like confrontation and so i think people are people and uh, they behave certain ways in certain situations and unfortunately we would see a lot of compliance with the mask and um it's not a hill or a sword, what is it, a sword a lot of people are willing to fall on for some reason. Um, but, you know, when it comes to kids and stuff like that, I don't I don't get it. I don't get why parents don't see how harmful that can be. I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too, in this. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's one thing to have a law or a mandate or a bylaw saying, thou shalt mask up. But right now, when that doesn't exist, at least in this jurisdiction, I, you know, driving to Rebel News headquarters today, uh, Dre, and I saw a skateboarder, you know, and dressed up in all the counterculture, you know, haberdashery uh, that you would expect a skateboarder, young, radical, you know, giving it to the man. And he's skateboarding down Dufferin and he's wearing a mask. I and know. I'm looking it's at him. So you're a young man. You are, from what I can tell, a healthy man. You have to be in order to do these skateboarding tricks. What the, have you been really that indoctrinated? I mean, you would think that demographic would be the most anti-mask, but no. You would think, I don't know what's made the, you know, youth like that fall in line. But, you know, I spoke with my daughter about this and she said, you know, mom, it's starting to become like people are just used to it. Like the kids just, it's almost like, she's like, when you forget your purse and you feel like you forgot something, that's kind of what the mask is becoming. It's a security blanket. They just feel better when they have it on. So maybe it's something like that. I've even had people, I mean, this wouldn't be a youth saying this, but I know people who say they like it because they look younger with it on. Oh my so gosh. it's like, you it, know, it, who knows the reasons people are still hanging onto these masks at this point. There's a variety, but it shouldn't be forced. In BC, our public health officer and our health minister are saying, no, the mask mandates are not coming back from school for school and you know all the legacy media is saying oh parents are outraged and stuff they're not talking about the parents who are happy but we've heard this before we've heard mass mandates weren't going to be a thing um you know uh, bonnie dr bonnie henry said it so many times so i'm not holding my breath on that you know what i think drea and i know uh, our boss ezra levant subscribes to this mindset as well i think right now in this day and age if you are young and healthy and it's September of 2022, not March of 2020, when uh, COVID entered the lexicon. And we had no idea how bad this disease was. Is it, is it the next coming of Ebola? We know that is not the case. I think much like, and I've said this before, so I, I apologize to our viewers if I'm being repetitive, but a Muslim lady with a hijab, a, a Sikh gentleman with a turban, a Christian with a cross, 
this is saying, this is a visual symbol that I'm on Team Islam, Team Sikhism, Team Christianity. What the mask, I think, is saying, it's a political statement, Adrea. I am in support of big government. I am in support of big lockdowns. I am in support of big penalties for those who do not comply. And what is baffling is that, it, you know, you go back a half century or more, the kids on campus, they were you know, having demonstrations against the Vietnam War about getting civil rights for everybody. Now yeah. they're pro-big <laughs> government. It, all I can think of, Drea, is that the indoctrination has been so overwhelming that this has resulted in this sea change of young, healthy people. I think you hit it on the nail there. and But I think a lot of people don't even look into it that much. So they might not even realize that's what they're supporting. Yeah. But I think on a very superficial level, it's I am a hero. I think they've been given hero oh. status by doing their part and saving grandma. So this sign is I'm brave and I'm a good person. And look at me. And for the first time in their lives, they've uh, been able to feel like they're a brave person by getting a vaccine and putting on a mask because they're saving so many lives. And it's like this delusion that they're they're such a good person for these reasons. I think that's the only reason why when I would shop without a mask during the, the mandates, the, the people who would yell at me were always like a man. It was always a man shopping who would just lose his crap on me. And I'm like, you think you're so big and tough. You're yelling at a woman in a grocery store. And yeah. I, I would play it up. I would just like hunker down and be like, sir, I'm so sorry. You're intimidating me. And everybody would look at this person. Like, what are you doing yelling at this woman? And then they would kind of backpedal. But I just think they've never been, a lot of them have never been brave or associated with that. And all of the messaging told them that if you do this, you are a hero. You know, you've raised two really uh, interesting points, uh, Drea. First, about the man yelling at you in a grocery store. If he really men, thinks, <laughs> men plural. So, yeah. Um, if they really thought, you know, you're the second coming of Typhoid Mary, why are they getting in your grill? Why aren't they yeah. running in the opposite direction? Secondly, I've never thought of that, and I think you might be onto something with the young people. This idea of them thinking they're being heroic by um, mm -hmm. wearing a mask. We're saving the planet, uh, much mm -hmm. like they do when they go to climate demonstrations, yeah. um, when in fact, uh, they're sadly delusional. But we must get on to more subjects, I understand. Uh, well, um, the Trudeau Freeland thing won't go away. Why don't we run the video? And then uh, since you and I have some skin in the game uh, in relation to this uh, comment uh, Trudeau made, uh, we'll analyze his comments right after we roll this footage. We have to have both the kind of country we want to be and to understand that the tone of our democracy, the tone of our political debates is set by those politicians who get sent to Ottawa to represent their communities. And if there isn't clear condemnation of the kind of cowardly bullying we've seen, of the kind of hate-filled rants and violent words used against people, to say this has no place in our democracy, we can disagree and we need to disagree with each other on policies, on perspectives. That's a robust debate that has to happen amongst Canadians to make sure we're getting it right as a collective, as a country. But to limit the ability of women, of racialized Canadians to serve in government or to hold government to account as journalists, which is the goal of a number <laughs> of Canadians with very loud voices, well, that's something all parliamentarians and all leaders need to stand against, need to be unequivocal in being responsible leaders to say, no, we are not going to become that toxic, polarized country that some think we should become. Oh, Drea, what a There's hypocrite. So I mean... Let me just let off rant. some steam and then I'll let you weigh in on this. I mean, 
you know, you'd think Justin Trudeau was giving a speech after 9-11 or the bombing of Pearl Harbor or something. Um, this is in regard to um, one man uh, verbally abusing Christia Freeland when she was in an elevator, not even touching her. Uh, so much hypocrisy here. He's talking about uh, this being an impediment to women and those in the racialized community getting involved with politics. No, no, Justin, that would be you. That would be you groping Rose Knight. Remember that? That would be you putting on blackface so many times that not even you <laughs> can remember how many times you did that. And the cowardly bullying. Drea, I go back to, uh, I think it was last year, where one of his uh, RCMP security detail guys uh, picked you up like a little China doll and moved you aside. You were non-approved uh, media. You weren't government-sanctioned and funded media. Uh, you got um, the kid gloves treatment. Me in December, uh, Justin's Royal Canadian Mounted Henchman um, physically assaulted me. They bounced my head off a fence. They gave me COVID. I say that because days later, a story came out showing that half the detail on that uh, trip were COVID wow. infected, yet they did not stay at home. And that's when I got COVID right after that I incident. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh it was gosh. Sheila Gunn-Reed while I was in my bed that sent me that. Uh, it was a National Post story and a CBC story indicating that half of his security de detail were COVID positive. But then again, this is a prime minister when he's got COVID. He still hops on a plane. He doesn't isolate. He doesn't wear a face diaper, etc. This is outrageous hypocrisy coming out of this man's mouth. And I, I just wonder if there's anyone in our great dominion that's buying what he's trying to sell, Drea. Well, first of all, when he said hate-filled rant, my mind immediately goes to him yelling, if you think you can get on a plane or a train, <laughs> I mean, I can see him, like, with almost malice yelling this out. <laughs> he certainly looks like he was talking from a place of hate. But you're right. There's just so many layers of hypocrisy. Number one, just because someone verbally assaults a female politician doesn't mean they wouldn't do the exact same thing to a male one. I mean, my guess is they would have treated Trudeau the exact same. And I'm not saying it's okay. That would be frightening. If you're in an elevator with a man and they're flipping out with you, that's terrifying. So I, I get that. And I don't uh, condone that. But why does it always have to be this label? Why does it have to be a sexist thing because it happened to a woman? It's just a politician thing. It's They don't like you. And that's all this is. And it seems, I hate that the left is always, you know, forcing people into these boxes, even myself. So you brought up what happened to us from, you know, Trudeau's RCMP goons. Yep. But I feel obligated to point out, you know, I'm a woman of color that that happens to you. But they act, there was no peep about that at all. Commissioner... Brenda Lucky said, you know, I don't see anything that's wrong with this at all. I was just asking a question. If you look at that close, it's actually Trudeau who turns to me and puts his hand out to me first. And I go like this. I'm like, no, man, I don't want you anywhere near if you watch. I don't know if that's the moment, but you'll see. It's a little bit before that, but. He actually turns to me and puts his hand and I put my hand in the stop position and make distance. And then they pick me up like a rag doll. So it's just, it, you know, intimidating someone in an elevator is not cool. Yeah. Um, having opinions where you don't like a politician. Well, that's freedom of speech, freedom of expression. I'm thankful that these people are not assaulting them. Um, but you're right. There's just so much hypocrisy here. No, and, you know, Drea, what happened to you? Uh, technically, that is assault. Unless you are under arrest, law enforcement cannot manhandle you in such a way, and you were not under arrest. Far from it. You were uh, a member of the media trying to do your job, like all those yeah. other media types where, who were completely unmolested, uh, but because we're not, our editorial stance is not simpatico with the Trudeau liberals, uh, you're deemed journalist non grata. It is actually absolutely despicable. And by the way, one other thing, guys, do we have any shots of Justin Trudeau in blackface? Because if we can run that. There's so many to choose. Oh, I know from. there's so many. <laughs> like it just be a hard Google search, really. But there's an element of that. I'd like to get your opinion on, uh, Drea, that kind of, you know, goes under the radar. Is it the tongue? But, but also, it the tongue? Um, it, it's the one, um, you know, that video, guys, where 
he's uh, he's got the ripped uh, pants, and I think he yeah. applied the blackface to like his whole body, to his tongue. Yeah, <laughs> it's his whole body and that... his tongue. Tell me what goes on in someone's mind to Freya, do that. Like, I swear, exactly... is it his tongue? I remember. Like, who does that? Who who does the legs? We're he... not. This is not someone working with a full cart of decks here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think we got it. This What's is it. What's with the obsession? See, this, this <laughs> is exactly tongue. what black I wanted. Don't have to... black tongues. Yeah, the t- there's something he... terribly wrong with this person. This is my <laughs> issue. It's almost worse than the blackface. He's always sticking out his tongue. Is this how Justin Trudeau <laughs> thinks how black people get around uh, <laughs> on a day to day basis? They're sticking out their tongue like you know a, a dog <laughs> panting on a summer day. I mean. That's a, what is that? It's I, I, so I, bad. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so insulting, Drea. And this guy I, is lecturing us on women and racialized people. Give me a I break. Yeah, and you you mentioned the admitted, uh, you know, she must have felt it differently uh, situation oh, yeah. with the reporter as well. So it's just like he is literally the worst person to be standing up there and and saying what he's saying. But I don't, I don't know who's who's still looking at anything he says really and going, yes, Justin, you're correct. I don't know who's doing that. Yeah, I, I can't. Even people I know who you know were liberals, they they're not a fan of him anymore. Like all the people I know are are done with him. So well, eight percent approval rating, and of those eight percenters, um, if you think you're about to shed your mortal coil. Could you please donate your body to science? Actually, just the brain will do. I, I really want our best scientists to look yeah. at something in that gray matter that is You're making right. them still support and laud a liar, a hypocrite, um, a, a someone that embraces a double standard so much that he doesn't even hide it anymore. Why do you still support this man? Unbelievable. You know, Dre, I see it's like five minutes to one uh, our time out in the East. Uh, I, I don't know where the hour's gone to. Uh, we must have some more chats to get to before uh, yeah. we conclude. So <clears throat> if we could, there you go. AMT60 donates a dollar. Thank you so much. David, did you watch the X-Files when you were younger? I love the show. In September last year, I got a selfie with you at the Democracy Fund venue where Trucker, Tucker Carlson spoke. Loved MTG, your wife too. Aww. Oh, that's so nice, AMT60. Well, you know what? Unbelievably, uh, the X-Files, I've seen, I think, three or four episodes. The same with um, a series that skews female, uh, Sex in the City. I've seen about three or four episodes. And in both cases... They were both they, they were all superb. The writing, the acting, it was excellent. You know, I I've just been too busy to catch up. I think uh, if uh, one of Justin Trudeau's Royal Canadian Mounted Henchmen knock me out again and I'm in recovery mode, I'll I'll binge watch uh, the uh, the X-Files as well as uh, Sex in the City. How about you, uh, Dre? Are you a fan of those series? I think the X-Files was filmed out in beautiful British Columbia, was it not? You know what? I think it was like a show my parents watched. Like, I remember the music. I think yes. Scully was one of the names. Yep. I don't think I paid too much close attention, but I, I do know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And it I wouldn't be surprised. Actually, one of my friends, one of my old co-workers was like a, an extra. She was a dead body in, in X-Files. So oh. it, I did. it was filmed out here. <laughs> there you go. You know what? Um, yeah. And of course, the X-Files, it was all about the paranormal, uh, the supernatural, conspiracy theories. You know, I, I'd like to review because, I mean, it, its heyday was in the 90s. I wonder if they could have had an episode or two where they uh, foresaw a dystopian future, i.e. 2020 to 2022, uh, where the government takes away everyone's rights and liberties, puts people into quarantine hotels, uh, makes them wear masks and socially distancing. I wonder if they could have been that creative and prescient, uh, or maybe that would be too outrageous a script to film back maybe the aliens maybe that's the next chapter when when aren't they talking about how ufos are real now so maybe maybe they're ahead of the game maybe (laughs) (laughs) right
Another chat here from Times, a dollar donation. Thank you for your generosity. Never got my ballot. Oh, the, never got their CPC ballot. Cal's email ignored. Candidate tried to candidate tried to help to no avail. Check Twitter CPC. I'm not the only one. Hurts dem democracy. Wrote David and Rebel. Thank you to thank you to both. Wow, you know, that's too bad. I, you know, my mom had a lot of trouble getting her ballot too, mm -hmm. and then finally someone sent her another one. And, and times I, I did respond to somebody the other day that uh, said exactly the same thing. I don't know if it was you or not, uh, but we're getting, um, you know, I'm not saying we're getting overwhelmed by this, but we're getting a number of people, Drea, that are saying this. I was at a Leslie Lewis event. There was a gentleman there. That was his question. You know, what, what, you know, where's my ballot, you know, and I'm not getting any feedback from the CPC. Listen, yeah. if you're the Conservative party of Canada, these are your people. You can't ignore them. Um, yeah, maybe, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Maybe you're frazzled with, you know, September 10th, uh, just around the corner, but you got to correct this. Uh, mm -hmm. this is serious and I will try, I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to the CPC and, uh, see what they're doing about it. If I get a response, I will definitely read it on air. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Canadian mom, 1997 donates $5. Thank you. She says, thanks rebel for keeping it real. Trudeau spent over 3 million for illegal drugs in vending machines. What <laughs> a damned farce you know what? i didn't know that i mean, i didn't even know that you know it rings a bell i don't know the details but if if that number is correct the perversity is uh drea that i think it was back in the 1980s the cigarette vending machines were made illegal and phased out because once upon a time you could go and buy a pack of craven a in a vending machine now you walk into a, a variety store you can't even see the bloody product it's all <laughs> put under a, uh, wow. a a shield right uh so um but there it is the oh 3.5 million wow. in funding for vending machines what? that dispense safer drugs to unbelievable so, so how do you know how many they're taking out like this you just don't. seems so silly how safe is that you know like how do you know kids are not you know remember kids used to like steal some of their parents smokes how do you know kids aren't stealing like w whatever access they need to get into this machine what's going on here Andrea, that was precisely the argument put forward to make cigarette vending machines illegal. It was all about, yeah. you know, children getting access to an age-restricted product. It's much harder to do that when you talk to a, a store clerk, but it's very easy yeah. if you have enough change in your pocket uh, to to get that accomplishment. So I, I could see the the you know the strategy behind that, but. If cigarette vending machines are illegal, why are you allowing vending machines dispensing an exponentially more dangerous product? It doesn't make sense. So is this NBC? I didn't. It's, it must be here, right? It has to be here. Where else would that be going? I don't even know. This is just a clown world. Oh, it's so say. true. If he paints his tongue black, why are we surprised? Let's put it that way. Wrong way 54 donates a dollar. Thank you. Hi guys. Is it possible to send a rebel to investigate the general hospital in Hamilton for refusing me an in person at refusing me in person at the MS clinic Ooh, over the phone is not healthcare. Mm. Well, wrong mm. way 54. If you could reach out to us at tips at rebel news, uh, com. Uh, just give us some point form details of what happened. I don't know why a hospital would refuse somebody that needs treatment. My guess, Drea, would be uh, perhaps this individual didn't want to wear a mask in hospitals and healthcare clinics. They're still super strict about that. That's my guess. But uh, what do you make of it? Well, I think the quality of care has gone down across the board. And this person is saying that they wanted an in-person uh, a appointment and were yes. denied and told it should be virtual. And I think that that's what I'm getting is their main concern here. And they're not alone in that concern. There's, I know my child was being assessed for having autism and 
at 7.30 a.m. He was supposed to talk to a complete stranger on the phone. And after two minutes, they're like, yeah, he needs to go to the next assessment because he's not looking at me. And I'm like, he doesn't want to talk to you. Like, you know what I mean? This is how you guys are assessing things. He doesn't know who you are. He doesn't talk to people on the phone like this. You know what I mean? So, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And I'm laughing not because it's a funny story. I'm laughing at the sure, David. Uh, you know sure. the, the the bizarreness <laughs> of it all. It's just a clown world, good. as you said. Do we have some more? He's chats? our little genius. It's all good. Okay, I'm such a bad reader of names. John Entwistle. John in John Entwistle Twistle donates twenty dollars. Thank you Thank so much. You. Best $20 I've ever spent. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Thank you. Thanks for all the content. Well, thank you so much for your support. That's Very awesome. generous. I'm sorry I butchered your name. Yeah, you deserve better with a nice donation like that, John. <laughs> I know. No <laughs> refund. <laughs> Cheryl Donnie donates a dollar. Thank you. Says, David, you should interview Lisa Proust, one of your super fans. I follow her on Twitter, and she's been doing a deep dive into the Pfizer docs. Oh, you yes. know what? Um, I, I, I've met Lisa in Montreal. She is a lovely lady. She's a super supporter of, of ours. And um, you know what? Uh, maybe it's time I, I reach out and, and see what she's uncovering uh, on the Pfizer file. Or uh, better yet, I think, Drea, uh, Tamara, and I say this in, you know, terms of affection she is like a yeah. super nerd on this file yeah i mean she consumes <laughs> stuff it's almost like you know watching uh commander data on the uh on the enterprise d you know just <laughs> absorbing all this information at a superhuman speed and making yeah. sense of it all and forming great questions so maybe tamara is the one uh for that interview but uh i'll uh i'll, I'll check it out yeah, no, I think I think you're right. She's our little vaccine nerd for sure. <laughs> so I'm sure they would both together have so much fun talking about it. <laughs> AMT60 donates a dollar. Thank you. Italy will be enforcing mass mandates in October. Oh. Canada will probably follow. Netherlands dropping vax for under 18 for safety, but TAM endorsing them. Yet kids getting myocarditis from unknown causes. Yeah, unknown my butt, but... Uh, We've got to be careful because I think we're still on YouTube, surprisingly. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it, it's crazy that kids, it's its not safe for kids in one part of the world and then it's okay for babies in another. I mean, that's awfully disturbing. And, and, and you know. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't, I have to admit, I'm sorry for my ignorance. Is that a matter of fact that Italy is bringing in uh, the the masking mandates next month? I don't know. I do know that Germany is bringing it in. So possibly. Um, And and I think Germany is also saying that you'll, by October 1st, you have to have N95 masks for most indoor spaces. Oh my good. You know, you think Germany would be more concerned about getting fuel with the winter coming (laughs) given the situation uh, with Russia and Ukraine right now. That is astonishing. You know, talk about getting your priorities out of order. Well, and what what about the definition of insanity, at least the way some people define (laughs) it, is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a result. What wave are we in? Is it the 10th wave? You know what I mean? I've lost count. Canada just... Canada just approved uh, Moderna for the Omicron Moderna. We are, we just approved that. And it's like, I don't know. Like, and then, you know, I saw because Ontario is saying, Hey, you know, life is sort of normal, right? Your guys is um, chief medical officer, whoever, sorry, I don't know his name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Health Canada is saying it's normal. And then the, the news is like expert says it, predicts there's going to be you know a big outbreak it's like no that's called flu season exactly okay that's what that is i predict it's gonna happen too you know i don't have to be an expert that's what always happens in the fall in the winter like oh my god let's have an over under date folks when doug ford gives a press conference where he says the du rigueur well, you know folks if it was up to me i wouldn't be mandating masks and uh shutting down businesses it is up to you. You're the premier. <laughs> Please don't do that, okay? 
<laughs> oh man. I know when they're enforcing like all the stuff, then it's, they have power and then whatever. It's just Incredible. selective for sure. Roly poly oly. Well, that's a good rhyming name. <laughs> I like it. It's easy to read too. So dollar donation. Thank you so much. Shrewdoosh. What an as. <laughs> oh, well, so there, worth it. It's so worth it. <laughs> there, there's an ironic name on National No, no Rhyme No Reason Day, wouldn't you say? Andrea? Yeah, <laughs> I would. DRB1313 donates $20. Wow. Thank you. Trudeau talking about civility. Oh my gosh. Civility. Oh my gosh. This is embarrassing. Civility. Civility. I can't say it. <laughs> civility. Civility. Isn't isn't he the guy who assaulted a female MP in the House of Commons by elbowing her in the chest? Oh, I remember that. I remember that too. I, mean, I can't remember the MP's name, but um, yeah. if, if we are able to dig up that visual, we'll show it. Yeah, he was throwing essentially a temper a temper tantrum that you'd expect from a toddler um he wasn't getting his way in terms of uh getting MPs into their seats to vote and he comes charging uh like a rhinoceros i think we might have it here uh, throwing there you elbows go. you know look watch look look at this i forgot about the oh my gosh it it's hard to to see the the yeah. infraction there uh but we'll see. Check it from another angle, I think. No. Okay. But you get what we mean. Yeah. It happened. Well, yeah, she <laughs> she details what happened and was kind of like, oh, whatever. So, I mean, you can't see because there's so many people. But he beelines over there and grabs whoever. So you can see there was probably some anger out of there. But, I mean, I don't know if we can call, prove that it's an assault. But uh, she well, certainly Drea, felt it, that way. Obviously, she experienced it differently. <laughs> yeah, that's all the bruise and all. It was just, it was all in her head. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. How is this? Like, does any other country have this many, like, laughable things about their leader? Is it just Canada? Like, are we just a joke on this level? Oh, I, I would say this, Drea, that uh, forget going abroad. What if that was Stephen Harper? doing that oh god you know it, it would still, still I mean, be talking i remember it. still to this day the scandal of the harper government that uh, consumed so much ink and uh paper was bev oda and her 16 dollar glass of orange juice which when you look at the scandals of this <laughs> trudeau regime uh, I mean, it, it. this doesn't even register and yet the mainstream media went out of their minds dollar $16 orange juice though. Really? <laughs> I know it's expensive, but I mean, like, look, look, look what uh, Justin Trudeau, how much he spends on alcohol for his private jet flights I know, when he buggers I know. off to Tofino it's... or Costa Rica or what have you. Yep. There you go. Critics wow, black out I... swanky the the sixteen dollar orange Breaking you know? <laughs> news. This just in. Like, I mean, oh, that's all you got on the Harper government. Yeah, <laughs> that's the worst. Yeah. Times donates a dollar. Thank you. Oi, the drama PM. It wasn't an attack. By the way, love Drea's shirt. My Rebel shirt from Rebel News Store. No, Rebel Store. Oh my gosh. Yeah, rebelnewsstore.com. And great design. Thank you both. Thank you so much. Yeah. I love it too, Drea. And I can say that because yeah. we still don't have a human resources person. <laughs> so yeah, not yet. I'm going to dispense compliments on, on your retirement day. Yeah, we'll get one. <laughs> that's the only way it's going to work out. <laughs> oh, that um, is it. All right. Well, we're 12 minutes over. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I especially want to thank those of you who made uh, a financial contribution. That's great. I uh, want to thank my co-host, Drea, of course. And as we discussed earlier, Drea does not rhyme with anything, which is good on National No Rhyme No Reason Day. There'll be two other Rebel News personalities in this spot at 12 noon Eastern tomorrow. In the meantime, folks, as always, stay sane. So they uh, 
uh, I assume, have done their risk assessment. Uh, they've consulted uh, their workers um, uh, and their unions and their occupational health experts uh, and have come up with their recommendations. At a population level across Ontario, I think these are prudent. They're practical uh, and reasonable expectations for Ontarians to adhere to. The medical officer of health for Holdem and Norfolk recently spoke at a protest at Western against their vaccine mandate. Do you think that's appropriate, sir? Uh, again, uh, local medical officers of health have independence to be able to voice um, their opinions. Um, they are hired by a board and they're accountable to the board on those opinions. Um, uh, I, I don't know what comments were, were said, uh, but there is freedom of speech in our province uh, and they are allowed to voice their opinions.